effective. All right, and I've got some state-of-the-art research uh, uh, machinery with me. If anyone has a phone, perhaps you can get that out as well, because you know I have spared no expense at all on this machinery. So if you've got a phone, be ready to use it, uh, not to text or phone, but to participate in this experiment. Okay, is everyone clear? So basically, we've got various options of what you could do to um, use a summer's afternoon. And hopefully this is going to work if I stand there. Okay, what's the best way? Well, the first option is to participate in playing cricket for five days. Would that be a really good use of time? Yeah, I think, I think it's got to be up there. Any naysayers can be removed forcibly. Okay, so the next one is basically to play Angry Birds all afternoon. Is that a good use of time? Angry Birds is quite a good game. I'm pretty pants at it, but it's quite a good game. All right, next option, hopefully is coming now, is to read a book on a beach and to sunbathe. And probably, probably I think some chick lit would be uh, the thing to read. Okay, so would reading some chick lit while sunbathing be a good use of time? That's one of the options. Okay, the chicks are in town. Okay, number four. I think learning an ancient language like Ugaritic or Arcadian. I think that would be, oh, 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 don't, oh, no, no, come on. A little more maturity, please. Um, number five is revising for your GCSEs or A-levels. Steady. This is serious research. And then finally, Finally, go for a lovely walk around Bath. Okay, have you got your phones primed? Now, this experiment is very clever. It spent me days trying to work out how to make this work. Basically, you need to press the number on your phone for the thing you're voting for. Okay, now you are allowed to confer, but you have 20, 25 seconds um, because this overheats a little bit, so if it goes on too long, it might spontaneously combust, and that would be a shame. Okay, so you can confer, and um, here we go. Uh, the machine is going to be switched on. Right, confer. What is the best use of time? Thirteen seconds left. Okay, time's running out. Time's running out. Oh, it's gone. Right, stop. Okay, now, here are the results. You ready? It's amazing. I didn't have to do a thing. Here we go. You ready? Okay, here are the results. No? Here we go. Right. Mm. <laughs> I, I, we have a clear winner. You are much more cultured than you look. Okay, the consensus of Cornerstone 2013 is we're all going to spend an afternoon learning Ugaritic. Okay, here we are. Very useful. There it is. That will help us understand the Old Testament Hebrew much better. So it's a very good use of time. I hope... Um, uh, but did you notice how actually... Did you see what came second underneath that? It was Angry Birds. 
very useful. So basically, you can intervene uh, with Ugaritic with the old angry bird every now and then. Okay, well, that's very helpful. Thank you for that. Just give yourselves a round of applause. Now, what would be a good use of God's time in this world? Now, the thing is, I don't know, and we've had newspapers delivered here, haven't we? And um, you read the newspapers, and there have been some pretty horrible things going on in the world. You know, we hear about stuff to do with global warming or the horrible things that have been going on in Egypt, and we've been praying about that, and, uh, you know, many problems in, in, in our country as well as everywhere in the world. And you sort of think, well, what would be the best use of God's time? And uh, it's a very important question. What is the best use of God's time? Well, we're in for a bit of a shock because it's not something that necessarily we would have expected. In fact, we would expect God, I don't know, to sort of storm into Cairo and just stop it all or, or to just sort out global warming just with a click of the finger or, or any of these things. But, but here's the shock. The thing that was the best use of God's time was the cross. Now, that's weird, isn't it? Here's our verse for this morning, Galatians 2, verse 21. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through, um, through the law, Christ died for nothing. In other words, if it was possible to make ourselves good enough for God, then the cross was a complete waste of God's time, wasn't it? If we could do it ourselves, if we could sort ourselves out, the last thing that God should have done was to send Jesus to die on a cross. That was a terrible waste. And there are people who think that Jesus dying on the cross was a terrible waste. A complete waste of God's time. And yet the amazing thing is that God thought, this is absolutely the best use of my time. And that it's the best thing that Jesus could do. You know, he came to this world, he came into our world, and he could have done, you know, he could have healed a million people with a click of a finger. He, he could have sorted out all the political problems just like that. You know, he was a one-man United Nations. He could have done all these things. But instead, he went to the cross. And there were people who thought, what a waste of time. But Paul says, look, if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. But, but he said all through Galatians, and in this room with the grown-ups and in the different groups around the place, it's one of the things we've been thinking about again and again. You know, you cannot be right with God. You cannot be in God's good books. You cannot make God like you by trying to be good. Christ did not die for nothing. And the problem is, so often we forget that. Is the cross a waste of time? Of course not. It really is not. But the problem is, you and I, we treat the cross a bit like that in how we live. So I'm just going to think of very, three very quick reasons, uh, ways to stop ourselves treating as if it was a waste of time. And the first thing I want to say is we're often in danger of just simply forgetting about the cross. Now, I don't know about you, you know, life gets very busy, doesn't it? And... Um, you know, our minds get filled with all kinds of things, excitements, worries, uh, stresses. I mean, what sort of things keep your minds busy, you know, of a day? You know, you wake up on a Monday morning. What sort of things fill your mind? Just, you know, shout them out. <coughs> Work. That's a bit of a bummer, isn't it? Trying not to miss the tube. That would be awkward. Coffee. Coffee, coffee yes. School. 
Really? The dog ate it. Winning? Swimming. Yes. I don't actually think of that on a Monday morning, but I'm glad somebody does. So, where, no, oh. The man said West Ham. Good. I, that's much better than West Ham. These things fill our minds, don't they? You can stop there. Stop, okay? These things fill our minds. And, and even here, when we're at Cornerstone, things fill our minds. And that's okay. God knows that life is like that. He knows that things get busy and that you know, our minds get filled of uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, and so he gave us a way of filling our minds with Jesus and the cross. And one of the things that he did was to give us a reminder of the cross. And, and he actually, it was Jesus himself who told us how to do this. Uh, on the last night that he was alive, before he died, he had a special meal with his, with his friends. And he said, this is how you're going to remember. Because he knows what we're like. He knows how busy things are. He knows we have homework and tubes to catch and that West Ham is a waste of time. He knows that. <laughs> Harsh but fair. <laughs> but he gives us a remembrance. He gives us a way to remind us. So that's what we're going to do in a few minutes. Because we forget. And that's one way of treating the cross as a waste of time. So uh, the Lord understands. He gives us a way of remembering that Jesus died for us. So that's the first thing. We forget about the cross. The second problem, and yeah, there he is. He gives us communion. Um, the second thing is that we add to the cross. Now, this is a bit weird. This is something hard, a bit harder to understand. Remember the verse, righteousness can be gained from the law. Now, let's put that a bit more simply. Um, you know, how do I become... God's friend? That's the bottom line question, isn't it? Well, it's not by being good or well-behaved. It can't be. Let's just think about this. Since yesterday the morning, yesterday morning, this time yesterday, so 24 hours ago, has everybody here been good? Hands up. Oh, that's interesting. I know you probably don't want me to pick on you. I wouldn't pick on you. But it's interesting. No one's put their hand up. You know, okay, how have you treated your brother or sister in the last 24 hours. I have some inside info on some. <laughs> have you been nice and kind to everyone you met? Have you complained when it was bedtime? No. Dave Jones is nodding. Perhaps he was complaining it was bedtime last night. I don't know. <laughs> it's not gone well, has it? What do we do about that? Well. Do you think that going to church is going to help that and make any difference? Do you think um, coming to Cornerstone, I mean, coming to Cornerstone is a jolly good thing to do. Do you think God's impressed with that? Or going to C-Zone or reading your Bible, do you think God's impressed with that? Do you think that is enough to, to, to sort of rub out the bad things we've done? Of course not. We can never do enough. We can never do more. We can just can't do it. I cannot become God's friend by being good. It simply won't happen. But that's okay. Jesus died so that I could be God's friend. And he did that for each of us. We don't need to do anything to be more sure. There is nothing I can do to add to what he's already done. I'm safe. So I don't even need to try. 
You see, the cross was not a waste of God's time. It was the best use of God's time because by the cross, we have righteousness. We have friendship with God. If righteousness could be achieved by any other means, then Christ died for nothing. But he didn't. He died for everything. So we don't add to the cross. And then finally, we don't... Oh, there, that's adding to the cross, by the way. That's a good picture, isn't it? <laughs> a bit random. It was quite late that night. Um, <clears throat> and then thirdly, we presume on the cross. That's me reading Chicklet. Now, perhaps you've understood this idea of grace. This is a word we've been banging every day, haven't we, this week? Because of the cross, we've been forgiven. But God, but does this mean that we can do whatever we like? You know, the sort of thinking, oh, well, it doesn't matter what I do because God will forgive me. I can beat up my sister because God will forgive me. I can trip my brother up because God will forgive me. I can cheat in my homework and I can fiddle my tax returns and I can be nasty to the shop assistant and I can be rude to the person on the tube. And It's all right because God will forgive me. But God calls us to live lives of grace and love, to live out the fruit of the Spirit, as the kids sang to us earlier. Remember what they are? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. What's really annoying is that the, this translation slightly changes it. So the way I used to remember it is one syllable three times, two syllables three times, three syllables three times. Love, joy, peace, that's one syllable for those who don't understand French. Um, two syllables, patience, kindness, goodness, two syllables. And then faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, three syllables. That's cool, isn't it? Do you like that? I like that. Unfortunately, this translation does it differently, so that's too bad. Um, <clears throat> but those are the fruit of the Spirit. That's what God wants. Now, we don't do those things to make God like us more. We do them because God cannot like us more than he does. He loves us, and so we show the same love to him. So because of Jesus, we don't presume on the cross and say, oh, it's all right, God will forgive me anyway. It doesn't really matter. And we don't, we don't try to love one another because we're scared of God. We do it because we love God, and we love God because he loved us first. He got there first. That means we don't take the cross for granted. Christ did not die for nothing. He died for everything. So let's love and praise him by remembering the cross. We're going to do that in a minute. Rico's going to lead us. By relying on it as everything we need, we don't add to it. Or in the language of Galatians, that's not legalism. We trust in the cross and we never take it for granted. We don't presume it on it. And as in this Romans of Grown Ups, we've been talking about that's against license. The cross is everything. We're not legalists, but we don't just sort of live in whatever way we like. We live for the one who loved us. So let's just look at that verse one more time. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. But I don't need to set aside the grace of Christ, God. I have the grace of God. I'm safe. I'm his. Christ did not die for nothing. It was not a complete waste of God's time. In fact, it was the greatest thing he ever did. And that is why in heaven, the thing that we're all going to be praising Jesus for is that he, in the words of the book of Revelation, was the lamb who was slain. Christ died for us. It wasn't a waste of time. 
who is the greatest thing that ever happened in this world. Amen. Amen. Back to Paul.